The following content is a horror podcast, therefore it is filled with themes of death, gore, and violence. If you continue on this journey with us, don't say we didn't warn you. Bonus episode, James. What have I become, my sweetest friend? Everyone I know goes away in the end. And you could have it all, my empire of dirt. I will let you down. I will make you hurt. Hurt by Nine Inch Nails. So, I think what we want to do is we want to take this back to um, James when he is about 17 years old. And I'm imagining the scene of James and his twin brother, Franklin. They are sitting in a treehouse together that the two of them have built, kind of off back in the bayou. Um, Do you think the adults know about this treehouse, or do you think this is a project that was just you and Franklin? I think some of the adults know about it, but they know that it was the special place that the twins would go to to play and to uh, bond. Um, and, and I think that the family knew that one of those needed a little bit, one of the twins needed a little bit more attention than the other. Um, and so I think they let them have their space. Okay. Awesome. I like that idea. Um, And Franklin, is Franklin your identical twin, or is he a fraternal twin? What do you think? Uh, I think identical twin. Um, Yeah, I think identical twin, but you could still tell by looking at the two of them that one of the twins got a little bit more of the positive genes. Yeah. Right. So one of the twins is a little more athletic looking, a little leaner, a little more um, just his comp. He has overall more confidence, which changes kind of his demeanor and posture Absolutely. a lot. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you and Franklin are, are sitting in the the treehouse. The, the bayou is around you. It's midsummer, so it's pretty hot and sticky. You guys are used to it for the most part, but it's definitely a hot, sticky evening uh, with the you know with the light getting ready to go down you know you're gonna have to go in to dinner here in a little bit your um, your aunt Petunia is going to be calling you in pretty soon but right now the two of you are having this conversation and I think Franklin looks at you and he says James you know we go on our first hunt together solo tomorrow how are you feeling are you okay franklin i i don't know if i can do this on my own i i i'm not prepared you've you've helped me through every one of our 
our practice hunts with with our with our uncles and it just I don't know if I'm prepared to go on my own. I think you'll be okay. I think you've got this. I think you just need to you need to believe in yourself a little bit. Like look you you and I are 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 identical, right? Like everything I've got, every potential I have, you have. And you know that. We've worked together. You just have to to put it in. I know Uncle Jonathan has been pushing you pretty hard. But Dad and I both believe you can do this. And I'm going to be there. It's the two of us hunting together. We just won't have the adult supervision this time. I think we can do it. I sure hope so. I, I'm going to have to figure it out. I, I, I've, I've got to figure it out. I, I've got to just get in there and do it. Yeah, exactly. And from what Uncle Jonathan was telling me, this thing isn't that scary anyway. It's just some, like, boogeyman sort of thing. All we got to do is just chase it down and throw it in a sack, bring it back to him. Like, this shouldn't be too hard. And, you know, there's no people around. It's not going to be in town. It's going to be in the bayou so it's going to be a little less like we're not going to have to worry about hurting anyone else just have to watch out for gators and in the night you know what i mean and he kind of punches you in the arm and laughs <laughs> oh the the gators are the least of my worries here brother i can i'll handle the gators you you handle the handle the ghost how about that or the monster <laughs> i can i can handle the i can handle the ghost for sure but <laughs> just uh i need you to be I just, I know you've got my back, and I've got your back, so that's all we got to worry about, right? And we'll show Uncle Jonathan. I know he's hard on you, but we'll we'll show him what we can do, right? The two of us together, because that's what we are. We're a team. This is the moment where James gives Franklin a big old bear hug, and he laughs and gives you a hug <laughs> back. And about that time, you hear Petunia call out. Um, you hear a voice echo through calling you in to dinner um and that's where we will move on to the next evening and i think that you and franklin are standing at the edge of a certain spot uh in a parish nearby that this creature has been rampaging around uh, jonathan is there and your your father elijah is there and um Elijah comes up to you and he, he claps you on the shoulder. He's got his blue notebook, um, like that's old, you know, that it's been around for a long time. And he says, son, you know, you got this. The same, this is, this is going to be easy. He said, this thing is just, it's just a simple boogeyman. It's more intent on scaring people than it is on hurting them anyway. All you got to do is trust in your brother and trust in yourself and get out there. And and you know what? We're Rookwoods. It's in your blood, boy. It's in your blood. James looks up to his dad and he he has that look that you could tell he's trying to put on this face of courage. But underneath, he's terrified of failing on this test uh, with his dad and, and with his uncle. And he... He just kind of looks up and says, "Yes, sir." And and 
I imagine Franklin. Uh, I'm going to go to wherever Franklin's at. That that's where James is heading. Um, okay. And I think Franklin and Jonathan are talking because Franklin um, and Jonathan are pretty close. Jonathan has taken Franklin sort of under his wing, noting that Franklin has, you know, like this this natural affinity for this work. And uh, Jonathan kind of glares at you as you come up and you hear him mutter under his breath uh, something to the tune of, I take it too easy on that boy hard you got to be tough you got to be hard to do this job and he pounds uh franklin on the chest and he says you got this don't let him get hurt bring him back and he kind of glares at you once again and uh walks off as you approach you ready for this oh yeah yeah we got it look i've got everything that we need right here and he opens up a sack and he's got like he's got a satchel um that he carries kind of around one um almost like a a large tote bag and uh he says i got i got everything we need i even made sure i packed uh your favorite weapon which by the way what is james's preferred weapon on a hunt it's got to be the crossbow and I think it's the crossbow because James may not have all the athleticism, but he knows how to throw his weight around because he is portly. Um, he can maneuver his way into uh, uh, loading and uh, uh, preparing that uh, crossbow to fire. He, he, he's not good at aiming the thing because he's just, uncomfortable with it but he the one good thing he can do is is load that that bow uh, or that uh, uh bolt and um uh, get that tension in that in that bow on that on that crossbow and and get it ready to fire and he usually relies on on his brother to do the to the aiming and the firing but that's one good thing he does do okay and i think he pulls out your crossbow hands it to you, throws you a bundle of bolts, um, and he says, all right, this thing uh, is, it's not in the parish most times, like, we can catch it before it gets into the into the parish. We just got to set up and wait. You're ready. I guess so. That was a question. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> he, he says, all right, then. And he looks at his dad, gives him a... Uh, a salute. Nods to Jonathan and says, let's get in there. And then he proceeds to move into the bayou. Do you follow behind oh, him? Oh, absolutely. I'm sorry. Yes, he is okay. about yeah. three steps behind his brother. Okay. So you guys move in, and it's pretty dark, but it's a... Uh, it's probably a half moon, so you've got sunlight going in, but, you know, there's a lot of water on the ground, so there's a lot of reflection coming up. Everything's a little weird. The The bayou at night is disturbing because you never know what's solid ground and what is hard footing, you know, or what is swampy mess. You're not sure whether a root is going to reach up and grab your leg, 
and, and hold you down or whether you're stepping on a, a snapping turtle or an alligator or something that's going to move under your feet. So even without a monster here, the bayou can be sort of uncomfortable at night. And Franklin, as usual, is very focused watching, and he says, So, from what Dad told me, this thing is almost albino-like, so it should show up in the the moonlight if we look for it so what you need to look for is you need to look for the moonlight sort of reflecting off a, a yellowish palish greenish skin and i think if we find it he also said it wasn't very big so we're probably looking for something that's like you know size of a like small boy And he's sort of telling you this as he moves through, and he's very, like, deftly winding his way through the cypress roots and, and that. Yeah, and James is definitely paying close attention to every word his brother's saying um, because his self-confidence is just not there yet. Um, and he just kind of looks, listens, and nods and just follows. He, he's, he's a follower at this point. And I think at about 10 minutes in, you specifically see out of the corner of your eye something move through the underbrush, and you catch like this glimpse of um, pale, almost slimy looking skin moving in through a grove of cypress trees. And then it just, it's just a glint, and then it's gone. James instantly grabs for. Franklin's shoulder to try to get him to stop without making a noise points down Franklin will I was just going to say uh, and, the, and the, as soon as Franklin looks I'm, I'm uh, James is pointing in the direction of what he saw um, and I I think I think this is the point where maybe James actually gets the courage from what Franklin told him about, it's a smaller um, monster. Uh, uh, it's more intent on scaring you as opposed to hurting you. Like, I, I, I think he's trying to muster up that level of courage to go after it. So I think he's going to start stepping towards that direction on his own without being a follower. I think this is his moment to, tr okay. to give it a shot. And I think Franklin watches you do that. And he smiles and he follows steps in behind you giving you this chance to lead so Jim, i'm going to start heading towards that uh, where i saw that glint of the uh, uh reflection okay you move in and it's this very close clump of cypress trees probably like four or five of them in about a 20 30 foot circle and you can see where the cypress stumps sort of rise up and the roots sort of come up and it makes almost like perfect little hidey holes sort of underneath the, the roots of this thing where something could easily get in and, and hide and or ambush and you don't the moonlight is sort of cut off from you here because these cypress trees are, are growing up the Spanish moss is sort of dripping through them kind of creating a canopy and 
there's a lot of like muddy squishy water right here and you do see the impression of small clawed feet that are being the that are footprints that are being filled up with water showing you that this thing something has definitely been here very very recently James is going to continue in that direction and try to track this thing to the best of his ability, at least. Okay. And I think you get into the ring of cypress trees when something launches itself at you from above. And James, I think, only has a minute to look up, just a second to like look up before this thing is on him. And it is this strange looking creature with this very large gaping mouth and these big wide almost bat like ears and these large like gripping claws that lands on you and it is very pale and wearing what looks like like tattered remains of clothing and it leaps on your chest um, trying to like knock you over and then bounces off of you and screeches as it starts to, to run away. What does James do at that point? James is going to try to shoot his crossbow as quickly as possible before this thing runs off. And I think Franklin behind you is, is kind of... Um, does James give any noise when this thing jumps Oh, yes. In? Yeah, he squeals. He... He, yeah. yeah. I think Franklin is kind of like laughing at you a little bit, just chuckling, not, not hurtfully, but but just amused by your reaction. And he uh, he grins at you and he says, "Get him!" It, and you're firing. I'm your firing crossbow. the crossbow. Okay. Um, yeah, I think the bolt does pretty well. I think it goes out, catches this thing, and. You you see it like skewer the thing's leg. You hear it squeal, but it doesn't stop it quite yet. It's still like charging deeper into the bayou. Um, and Franklin looks at you and he goes, "This one's yours, bud. I'll be behind you. Go get it." James is, I think, slowly building some confidence, and he gets that affirmation that he's doing. He's on the right path. He's doing the right things. And I think James is going to get real comfortable, uh, not real comfortable, but he's going to get more comfortable jumping into that situation. Um, so he's he's going to start running towards this thing while trying to load another bolt. Okay. Um, and it's kind of disappeared from your view because it's, it's, it's kind of slunk into this sort of like muddy uh, water. You're not sure how deep it is, but, but this thing has disappeared into it almost entirely. Um, so you know that you're going into like some actual water, which could potentially be dangerous. Um, but Franklin is probably about 10, 15 feet behind you. And uh, he calls out to you and he says, You're doing good. You're doing good. Keep going. Do you turn around to acknowledge him, or do you just keep moving in? Are you that focused? Uh, oh, is... no, I'm I'm more worried about uh, the approval 
Um, so I'm going to be turning. Uh, J- James is definitely turning around, looking at the brother for that uh, that uh, sign of approval from him. Uh, All right, and I think as you turn around, you see this shadow loom up behind Franklin, and you see these almost like this figure with these almost like bat-like wings stretching out behind him as something is just about to like leap upon him from behind something you did not expect at all I, I, I really think in this moment when he sees this James goes speechless and he just freezes okay and I think Franklin sees the look on your face, sees you looking like behind him and turns to look behind him as this creature just sort of like grabs him and engulfs him. And you hear a very strangled and loud scream um, as whatever this thing is doing is obscured by these large bat-like wings. And... um, it's you have a moment what are you doing in that moment where this thing is like engulfed franklin i i think james is going to be trying to to get that bolt loaded as quickly as possible shaking and uh not doing a great job but just trying to get this bolt in and and, and it cocked back and, and loaded and and try to fire off a bolt as quickly as possible um okay and I think you do. I think you do. I think you you get it in, you shoot, but it has been long enough that when the bolt goes, it goes true. You catch this thing in the eye with the bolt, I think. It's a perfect shot because you are so focused on this. And it screams and lets go, and so its wings unfurl, and Franklin falls to the ground. And this thing takes off into the sky, launches itself off screeching the whole time and flying away and Franklin is lying on the ground um how far have we traveled into this parish into this marsh are are we in audible distance of what I think no I don't even uh James is gonna scream at the top of his lungs Father, Uncle Jonathan, help! And go rushing to his brother. Okay. And you catch up to him. You see that his throat has been torn. Um, You know, you would assume a vampiric creature would have two little bites, but this was not that. This was his whole throat being ripped open to get to his carotid artery. Um... And it's still weakly gushing out um, as the majority of the blood pressure has dropped from the, the massive amount of blood loss. And Franklin looks at you and his eyes are, are starting to glass over a little bit. And he said, James, J- James, what, what, what happened? It's all my fault. It's all my fault. I saw it. I, I couldn't act. I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't warn you. 
I couldn't warn you. Father! Father! I'm sorry, brother. And I think he, I think he reaches up and he, and he touches you on the face and uh, he says, no, it, 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 you, you didn't, you couldn't have, you couldn't have, you, and then his hand falls limp and you realize that he has gone like weight, dead weight in your arms. James just holds his brother, weeping, screaming for his father, trying to get some attention for somebody to come and and help the situation. Yeah, and and Elijah and Jonathan come barreling through. Uh, you know, Elijah basically Elijah's first, and he gets to the the spot where he can see you and he sees franklin in your arms and he sees how franklin is laying and he just stops cold and he doesn't even he just lets out this noise this this howl of of anguish that that doesn't have any words available to it um and jonathan pulls up behind him and his eyes are huge and he goes oh Fuck. And I think that's where we'll close this scene and we'll open it up a couple days later. Um, you guys have had the funeral. You're back in the house. Everybody's been very quiet and tight-lipped. Your father has tried to console you a bit, but I don't think anybody else has really had the words to explain to you what's what's going on. Um, at the moment, um, you know, Eustace and Rose would have been very small children at this point, and, uh, Henry isn't even born yet, so you're, you're kind of, you, you guys were the only, like, teens in the house at this point, so you don't really have any cousins to rely on at the moment, um, and Jonathan comes into the house and he grabs you on the shoulder and he pushes you up against the wall and you can tell he has been drinking and his eyes are just absolutely burning with rage and he says what did you do how could you let him be the one to die. James just shuts down. He he feels the guilt. Has no response but just looks down and has that that sinking pit in his stomach and just to the point where he just feels sick. And I think he, I think Jonathan sees that and shakes you just a little bit harder and goes, you are a worthless sack of shit. We shouldn't have buried him there. We should have buried you. And he drops you and he walks away. But at that point, I think your father comes in and, and he hears the last of him. And he turns to Jonathan and he says, get out of here. You go. 
and he goes to you and uh, he sits down beside of you he puts his arm around you and he says don't don't listen to him he's got his own trouble it wasn't your fault there wasn't anything you could have done about it if what you told us is true he didn't know about it we didn't know about it whatever that thing is whatever is happening with it it wasn't your fault James just gives that sad look up to his dad and, and just starts to weep face face to the ground um, no words can describe where his his uh, mental state is at at this moment right and I think Elijah sighs and he says listen I will do what I can to make up for the deficit here with your brother gone until you're ready but son one day you've got to be ready this family relies on us to do our job and do our duty and you have got to put your feet on the ground someday I know you don't understand it and I know it sounds harsh in this moment but listen to me and listen good one day you are going to have to come into your own whether you're drug kicking and screaming or you do it yourself Hi, it's Maeve again, and I just wanted to thank you for staying tuned to the show so far. I hope you've enjoyed this look into the history of poor James Rookwood, whose luck seems to always work against him. I'm really enjoying these bonus episodes, and I hope you are as well. James is played by Nick Westbrook, and you can find him behind the scenes or playing the thir on the Third Floor Wars Twitch and YouTube channels. They have amazing live play content, and Craig has a fantastic podcast where he interviews tabletop designers, artists, and writers. Plus, if you dig through some of last year's live plays, you'll find me on there as well. Episode 3 will drop on a week's time, so stay tuned. Mm -hmm.